0: You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions with your host, Rev. Paul John Roach
2: yes hello and welcome to world spirituality on the unity online radio network i'm your host paul john roach coming to you from fort worth in texas and today we welcome the author and teacher who's written an excellent investigation of the chakra system entitled "Chakra healing therapy awaken spiritual energies and heal emotional wounds um Glenn Park has taught workshops in the Alexander Technique and in Chakra Healing Therapy for over 30 years, both in Europe and the U.S., as well as in Australia and Japan. So it's a pleasure to welcome Glenn to our show today. Glad you're with us. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Paul. Thank you for that lovely introduction. I'm very pleased to be here.
2: And as I've said before, you, you're my fourth Brit this month. So this is exciting for me. The, I don't know how Brilliant. that happened. It's just a, a, a synchronicity, I guess. But uh, it's yeah. been fun. We've had, we've had a good time. So I know we're going to have a, a good time today. And the uh, first thing I want to say is that I love the way the book um, looks at the chakras and the kundalini system in such a comprehensive way. Way so uh, if you're listening today and and are interested in this this topic, the book's excellent because it covers the physical aspects, but also the psychological and the psychic as well, and then the spiritual levels, and even more than that, there's uh, cultural considerations, uh, developmental stages, and, and other ways of approach. So it's it's really a, a kaleidoscope, really, of approaches. and each one may be of interest to you, or there may be one specifically that's useful. And uh, that's what I found, because I've read many books about the chakras and studied it myself, but I, I love the, the the thoughtful approach. And of course, it's very well written. It's exceedingly clear. And I, I like that because you read some texts from India, for instance, and uh, you know they're deep and profound, but they're hard to get your head around. This is, This is very approachable. So I just wanted to let everybody know that and that you purposely did this right it to be as comprehensive as possible
1: that's right yes i've been teaching this for 30 years and actually i i was taught about the chakras first of all in the uk but then by a wonderful clairvoyant in america uh, who i was lucky enough to be introduced to and he gave me a week teaching me his system of the chakras which outlined the psychological level that I've written about. And at the end of the week, he said, I think you should focus on working with the chakras because you're going to do something important to do with the chakras. And I think he saw this book coming 30 years later. Wow. Yes, I felt I was, you know, it's always been at the back of my mind that I've learned such a lot, both from him and the teachings in this country, and then from working for 30 years with clients that i i just wanted this to be shared i wanted other people to have access to this this knowledge
2: and you know in unity we have uh, what we call the 12 power system you know the 12 powers of man which uh were you know similar to the chakras in a way that but they're based on the 12 disciples and the 12 di- right. holy qualities but similar idea you know moving through the body one thing I did note in the book that I'd never come across before, I thought was quite fascinating, which is when you talk about the the spine, you know, the, the early embryonic spine is sort of just one big curve. Right. But as yeah. the child develops, it, it, it moves in different directions and that those points, those those axial points, there's that's where the chakras are. And I, and I've always associated the chakras with, you know, different parts of the body, the heart, so the solar plexus, etc. But I love that idea that, you know, as the spine curves, then you've got a point. It makes perfect sense to me that that, that would be a, um, an important part of the, the body and, and the psychic body as well. So that's fascinating. I, I love that little bit yes, of I, information. Well, I found
1: that fascinating, especially when the, psych, the, the chakras are, the Sanskrit word for chakra is a wheel and, and right. it's seen as a rotating disc-like thing by clairvoyance and it's as though it was rotating the spine into these changes of direction uh, in some extraordinary way that we don't understand but it is it is at these critical points in the spine. Each chakra yeah, is at a critical point.
2: Yes, very interesting and also you know you, you um it's a, how do i put it this is not something you master right it's it's something it's an ongoing understanding it's it's like life itself if you like you don't become a yeah. master of the chakra system you 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 utilize it. it it's endlessly um renewable and renewing in your consciousness right there's always something new to learn that's been my experience anyway over several decades yeah. is yeah. is that it's um that's what makes it so fascinating i think and and it's uh it doesn't have to be one thing or the other, right? Some people say it's based on consciousness, right? You mentioned that in the book too. And some people say, well, not really. It's beyond that, um, and and or it's based on a, a system. And other people say, no, there's no system to it. You know, I, I I know the Hindus love to be to talk in paradox and conundrum. So, um, but I but I think there's something to that. It, it cannot be pinned down. Is I think what what they're saying
1: yes yes i mean the hindu text i quoted was that it was they were described as divine energies of consciousness but i think my teacher in america he was the one who showed that there was a psychological a psychic and a spiritual level to the chakras and and i added the physical level to that because of the work that i do with the body i was learning so much and thinking how linked that was to so as you say, it's a journey that just keeps deepening and continuing.
2: Now, before we jump further into it, you know, you you originally were a, a practitioner and student of the Alexander technique, right? And um, yeah, maybe it just in a, a little bit, if you can explain what that is. But I'd like to know how the Alexander technique and the chakra systems, you know, nest together, how how they fit together um in in your um in your experience and uh you know but first we need to know what exactly the, for those that don't have no, uh, yeah. have no idea what the alexander technique is what is it basically
1: well alexander was an australian who wanted to be an actor but um and he was doing he was very you know reasonably successful as a young man but then he started to develop this problem which was that on stage, halfway through a play, his voice would become hoarse and he would be gasping for breath and and something was going wrong with his voice and he would lose it. Um, He went to every possible person he could, voice teachers, medics, and nobody was able to help him. He ended up spending seven, eight, nine years watching himself in mirrors that showed profiles and front view and so on, and examining exactly what he did when he was speaking and the difference between normal speaking and speaking on a stage. And slowly through this very intuitive self-exploration, he developed these very important principles of movement that have since been verified scientifically And so Alexander teachers teach these principles of movement. We often work with people who've got back pain or neck pain or shoulder pain, helping them to move in ways that enable them to have a happy body rather than a painful body. Um, We we work with people um, who play musical instruments and get tense and need special ways of thinking about their movements with the instruments. And we work with, we've worked with the Olympic runners and and rowers and so on. So there's a whole spectrum of anybody who wants to know how to use their body in a good way. But the important thing about the work that we do is that when, when Alexander learnt all these principles, he started to teach them to other people. And he got very frustrated because he would tell someone to free the neck and allow the head to go forwards and up. That's one of his instructions. And he would find that they would didn't know how to do as he was telling them. So in frustration, he went up and put his hands on the head and neck and discovered that with his hands, he could make the, the right thing happen and he could give the person a really powerful experience of how to get the musculature into balance and the body into balance so as alexander teachers we're trained not only to teach these principles but to work almost like healers with very very gentle work with our hands encouraging the musculature to come into balance to allow these principles of movement to work well now for me that that was lovely i love doing this work um but what i found was that when i started practicing after my it's a three year training it's very intense um i found after my training that um some of the uh, people who were coming with me to study as i was working very gently with my hands they would have a a very powerful emotional release of some sort they might cry or they might have some memory surface um for example, somebody with the very tight shoulder might remember lifting the shoulder to stop being hit as a child you know hit on the head or something something like that could happen, so I found that the the releasing of the muscles was releasing muscle memory it was releasing emotional memory, and I felt I needed to start working at a more psychological level as well as at the physical level with the body and because I had already studied the chakras because i'd been advised to by a psychic who told me i was too open psychically and needed to learn to manage my energy system and i thought i'm going to bring the chakras into my work so that that's how i began to work with the chakras and the alexander technique only if it was necessary if i found somebody was operating in this very emotional response to my work i'd say it might help if I start working with the chakras. Um, so people would come just for the Alexander technique. They'd come for both, or they'd come for just the chakras. Eventually.
2: And really, it's all about balance, isn't it? And and allowing you know the greater energies that are within us to come forth. Right. We we hamper ourselves yes. sometimes. Yes, I mean and Alexander uh, used
1: to say, "Allow the right thing to do itself." Yes.
2: Right. the
1: right thing do itself don't don't be tensing up to make the right thing happen I could give an example if you like but um yeah I could talk about my a a young man came to me who was learning flamenco dancing because he loved the kind of power and confidence that these flamenco teachers exuded um and we but he was practicing every night and getting backache and losing sleep and That was because in order to give this strong, powerful chest look that that flamenco teachers have, he was tightening in his lower back and he was disconnecting his lower chakras from the ground. He was disconnecting the energy system. So at some point we shifted into working at an energy level and particularly working with the solar plexus chakra, which is where we build our confidence and our self-esteem and he, he, re- he realized that, that the attraction of the flamenco dancing for him was that he wanted to build self-esteem. He wanted to come across in that confidence, exuberant way. And by working at the psychological level with the chakras, as well as the physical level with the Alexander technique, he, he, ca- he made massive improvements in his dancing.
0: That's
2: awesome, and you know, so often we want it so badly, don't we? We, our intellects or our egos or whatever, yeah. want it that mm. we force things to happen, and and then, like you say, there's an imbalance. It's really hard we, to relax, though.
1: Yeah, we get in the way of ourselves, don't we?
2: Right. I, I've just been watching the. Uh, the european uh cup soccer you know uh because Thank i'm you. british and, and like those things <laughs> and it's just amazing to watch the in any sport really um you know you can watch the the basketball or whatever just the mm. the uh, the, uh, the amazing relaxation of so many of the players even uh-huh. in the most tense situations because they mm. you know they're in that sweet spot right they're they're relaxing they they perform better because they are relaxing and they're in uh, balance and harmony and yes. uh, of course you know sports psychology has come you know miles since the, you know 40 years ago in uh, understanding the the link between the emotion the the psychology and and the body and and this that's why I'm excited about this book because you know you you combine all those things in it and uh, it's amazing what we can achieve i think if we can like you said get yourself out of the way mm. yeah thanks yeah yeah very good so thank you let's talk about some basics of the system i mean i know a lot of us in um, new thought and alternative spiritualities have come across the sh- chakra system and know a little bit about it but uh, there may be some folks out there who know nothing. Um, it basically, it's it's a system originating in the east, right? In in India, and Tibet, and and yes. other places there, um, based based around um, as you said these wheels of energy that are throughout mm. the the body, but also based on the the flow of energy up the spine, what we might call the the kundalini, right?
1: So, yes, yeah, yes. and, and linked to yoga, take it from, uh... I mean, a lot of yoga as practiced today is just very physical, but actually the chakras were part of the yoga system, and that was seen as um, yoking the spiritual self to the earthly body, that's what yoga means in Sanskrit, this yoking of the spiritual and the earthly, and that's what's so wonderful about the chakras, that that... That they're not they're not sort of saying that you go beyond the body, you 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 neglect the body to be spiritual. It's you embrace the body and you make the body divine, as as is the spiritual world. So so the, the chakras are, are, are wonderful at allowing us to embrace our whole self and allow it to be spiritualized. And this in terms of the energy flows, we have two major energy flows one from the earth and one from the universe so the earth energy is coming from the center of the earth up through our feet into our legs into our base chakra at the base of the spine traveling up the spine and up the body to the crown chakra at the top of the spine and the downward flow is the spiritual energy that's coming from the universe down through the crown chakra, down through the eye, the throat, the heart, the solar plexus, the sacral, the base chakra, down through the legs and down into the earth. So we're, we're connecting heaven and earth with our bodies. That's the wonderful thing. The, the base chakra is, is energized at birth. That's the first chakra to become dominant and active and, and is dominant through the first year or two of life and it's connected to the reptilian brain it's our instinctual energy that's just focused on keeping us alive um and i call that our inner animal and shall i go quickly through them in that way
2: yeah that, that's or, good yeah,
1: yeah yeah and then and then the next chakra the sacral chakra which is centered in the sacrum that's dominant during childhood and now the focus isn't purely on staying Alive, it's it's more focused on relationship to this outside world. There's the beginning of a separate separate self um, arriving with the sacral chakra. The Sanskrit meaning of uh, this chakra, uh, Svadhisthana, is is um, home of the self. It's the beginning of building personality, and it's where the young child is wanting to have fun to explore to be curious to be happy and the most important part of that that relating to the world is the mother and father and the siblings and and the family so they want to belong they want to feel loved they want to feel that they are a member and that they are happy and so those are the sort of motivations for the sacral chakra which I call our inner child which we have to continue to take care of throughout our adult lives and um, and then the the in in puberty and teenage years and young adulthood the dominant chakra becomes the solar plexus chakra the that is much more linked to the prefrontal cortex of the of the neocortex of the brain so that's the most recently evolved part of our brain which is to do with complex thinking the child chakra is linked to the limbic system which is very emotional and then with young adulthood we're beginning to think in more complex ways and there's big changes that happen during teenage years to the frontal prefrontal lobes that's quite interesting that that's going through and if it, they make they they become more efficient, so we think more efficiently during those years. Um, although, of course, there's always this linking back to the child chakra, so teenagers tend to move between the child and the and the adult, if you see what I mean. But this is where the young person is thinking about what they want to become, and it's it, there's a more sort of complex it becomes delayed gratification. I think I'll pass these exams or I think I'll learn these skills as opposed to the instant gratification of the child. Um, so so that's the young adult of the solar plexus chakra. Um, and then moving up to the heart chakra, really those first three chakras, the lower chakras are where we develop the separate self, the ego, as we call it. Um, but the heart chakra is where we Begin to the boundaries begin to loosen again. The heart chakras, where we experience very deep emotions, where we feel really moved by nature or moved by beauty or full of unconditional love and joy at at the universe, Um, appreciation, gratitude, these are all heart emotions. And when we have these kind of emotions, the the electromagnetic field that we all have around our bodies and which is a much greater field around the heart than it is around the head, that electromagnetic field expands and widens and grows as we have those kind of heart-based feelings of, of love and appreciation. And what happens when the heart chakra begins to flow more strongly is that we can, it, it's our inner healer and it's our inner witness. And we, through witnessing the lower chakras where we can have some of our greatest wounding in our childhood and our adolescence, um, we're able to heal ourselves through this loving witnessing of ourselves by ourselves, which is what the heart chakra can do for us. So it can look lovingly down on the lower chakras but it also opens us up to the creativity and inspiration of the upper chakras now um, as the heart expands the whole energy system expands and so that flow downwards from the crown chakra the spiritual energy becomes much more powerful and the upper chakras can flow much more strongly so at a at a psychological level the upper chakras are like a higher expression of the lower chakras. So the heart chakra is, is like a, a new world that we enter into, the spiritual world, a higher expression of the base chakra where we enter the, the earth realm, the, the world of the earth. And then the throat chakra is a higher expression of the sacral chakra, the the empty creative child the spontaneous creativity of the child becomes the creative expression of the adult and the eye chakra the the higher expression of the solar plexus chakra in the solar plexus chakra we're thinking about what we want to be it's very self-oriented thinking eye chakra is where we get into our conceptual thinking our philosophical thinking our creative visionary thinking our intuitive thinking but at, at a higher level however if we also have an expanded flowing heart chakra these upper chakras get inspirational thinking coming down from the crown chakra so we get this inspired um eye chakra and the throat chakra the, the Sanskrit word for it is purification. It's where we lose the false self that we've adapted, where we've adapted to the world to, to fit into it. And we become our true self and we find our true vocation and we function at a more spiritual level. And and also, it, you know, as this increases, this actually is where um, the Psych- developmental psychologist maslow talked about peak experiences the, the thing about them being in their sweet spot these footballers that's a real potential with the throat chakra which would be the chakra very dominant in sports people dancers musicians artists where we're creating art where we're conceptualizing art it's the eye chakra And then the final chakra is yet, again, it's entering a new realm. We experience the spiritual through the heart chakra, but with the crown chakra, we experience the divine. We become unified with the universe and with God and with everything that we, all the words we use for divine. And then, and that's a whole other realm where we can experience enlightened, awakened consciousness.
2: Beautiful, yeah, and so many resonances with other systems, like you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs, as you mentioned, you know, and self-actualization, or or I Mm. see resonances with the um, with the Tree of Life in the uh, Kabbalist system, yeah, in the Kabbalist or Judaic system, etc. So, yeah, fascinating stuff, Um, folks. I'm I'm with um, Glenn Park, and we're talking about her lovely book. It's called Chakra. Healing Therapy, Awaken Spiritual Energies, and Heal Emotional Wounds. Uh, we're about to take a break and listen to these messages from Unity, but we'll, right, we'll be right back to talk uh, about more aspects of this of this wonderful system. And thank you for uh, listening and keeping this show on, on the road and uh, the rest of the shows on, on the network. Be back in a few minutes.
0: Discover the Power Within Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World
1: We now return to World Spirituality with Rev. Paul John
0: Roach.
2: All right, welcome back to today's show. I'm with Glenn Park. We're talking about her book, Chakra Healing Therapy: Awaken Spiritual Energies and Heal Emotional Wounds. This really is a a workbook. Uh, it is something you can have with you for a long, long time because it's not something you just read and say, "Oh, well, that's nice." It's something you refer to uh to understand different areas of your body and your being and uh, how you can live more effective balanced lives in fact to empower you and at the end of the first uh, segment we talked about many of the co- correlations there are between the chakras and uh, other systems like um the kabbalah the tree of life and uh, maslow's hierarchy of needs um even unity's 12 powers of man of course is based around the, the this system and uh in india the the you mentioned the you know the the spiritual coming down from above and the the earthly coming from below and uh you know the sacred banyan tree in in uh, the iconography of india it, the tree has its um has its roots in in spirit and and then its uh, branches down in the earth and mm-hmm. and uh, i love i love the um uh, jacob's dream you know where he where he dreamt of the ladder and the ladder went yeah. uh, up mm-hmm. into heaven right the angels were both arising and descending which is exactly what we're talking about isn't it the, the yes, as above so mm-hmm. as above so below you know as within so without um the, the connectedness there and I, I, I love that they all support each other and that where i'm going with this is when i was first on the spiritual path you know everybody was saying well you you that's lower chakra thinking you want to move beyond those base chakras into the higher level And I never felt that was quite right because it seems like all aspects are good, right? But I love what you're saying about um, how the upper chakras sort of uh, higher expressions of the lower, uh, deepen the lower ones uh, as we mature, um, And rather than just wipe them out and say, well, I've transcended that. No, I see them in in a deeper context. So they all support each other, right? Each one is integral. They're all important
1: that's right they are and and it's it's really important that we do integrate especially the the inner animal i think a lot of us are very disconnected from the earth very disconnected from our own animal nature um and it's you know it's been if you think about the base chakra at the pelvic floor we the words that we just use there are often swear words and words to curse and so on We've got a sense of, uh, of we don't want anything to do with being animals, but we need to embrace our animals and, and feel connected to our animals and to nature. We're part of it. We're not this separate thing. We're part of nature. We're part of the planet. And the same with the child. There's a, there's a, there's a thing in the Bible where it says that I, when I was a child, I played with childish things, but now I'm a man. I put childish things away. But we don't need to put the child away completely. We, we might transcend, become more mature, but we integrate that child. We continue to have fun. We continue to play and enjoy our lives. So I think connecting the inner chakras to the whole system, the lower chakras to the whole system, is really important.
2: And then we we can use the kundalini energies too, right? Some people think, oh gosh, I'm getting it's getting a little woo-woo now. All these energies, these the serpent that's the coiled serpent that's coming up my spine so, yeah. sounds, sounds a little bit. Ooh, I don't know, but it's not right. It's it's simply energies moving.
1: Yes, and and the kundalini experience um, can be very different for different people and i think uh, i mean a lot of the work that i do is about getting our pranic energy into balance which is a a, a not such a subtle energy as the kundalini energy but i and but the alexander technique very much does this It, it brings balance into the whole body and i think when the whole body's balanced like that the kundalini experience can be very beautiful it can be a sense of of light just I've had this experience once or twice where I've been in a meditation and felt golden light just pouring through my body in a really beautiful way so I don't think we should be frightened of kundalini I think the more we get our whole body into balance the less distressing any sort of kundalini situation will be
2: Right. And, and the thing is, is not to force it. Right. It's it's to yeah. if it happens, it happens. And, and I know some people just want to have a, you know, a Kundalini experience or whatever. I was involved with a group of uh, of Swami Muktanandas one time and uh, it was an Indian guru. And yeah. uh, they were always searching for Kriyas, as they called them, which were, you know, the Kundalini moving up through the yep. spine and they'd be twitching and doing different things and that would be cool you know because that would show that they were advanced they were getting all the energies moving whatever I'm not I'm not knocking that system but uh, sometimes the practitioners get carried away Um, and uh, you know I'm not saying the careers don't work and aren't real but uh, sometimes again we can force it you know it's not about forcing anything right because then we're playing games with this stuff and this stuff is really a beautiful thing. We don't. We don't need to be playing games with it.
1: Well, also in my work as a body worker, people have these experiences of. of I mean, I I wouldn't call them kriyas, but they might be. They have these experiences of sensations rising up through the body, and it's it's actually pranic energy. It's the think. It's the body coming into balance. So uh, the main thing I think is to. Stay with the principles. I, I, I believe that the entry, the way to become enlightened is to work with that heart chakra energy, opening the whole system up, and whether we're then fortunate enough for that to move to the crown chakra um, is, is an act of God or not, you know. and it doesn't really matter because the heart chakra will give us a happy life, will give us a life in which we feel we are serving spirit, whether we achieve awakening enlightened experiences or not
2: right well let, let's talk about the heart chakra because i know you know most of us is yearning to open our hearts more deeply and the heart chakra is sort of stands in the middle doesn't it between the lower yes. three yes. and the, the higher three and it's sort of a pivotal place And and if we walk through it a little bit maybe we can look at the various uh, stages, you know, that we talked about, the psychological level, the psychic and spiritual. I love the name of the heart chakra in Sanskrit. It's anahata, right, which means um, unstruck or unwounded, depending on the translation. Uh, and yes. that's always fascinated me uh, because if you're, when you're truly centered in love, um you know you move beyond the any idea of being vulnerable or hurt by anything you you are invulnerable in the sense right because lo- love it, it cannot be wounded uh, and, and i like unstruck as not not just uh struck with some object but unstruck like the a bell that's unstruck it vibrates w- in and of itself, right? With without the need for outside things, it, it it's mm. it's it fulfilled unto itself, and I think that's for me some aspect of the heart chakra.
1: Mm. So, so the heart chakra is yes, it's lovely, isn't it? It's unwounded. It it moves beyond woundedness. So we we look back at our childhood wounds, and we can see the gold in the wound. We can find that. Although that was a terribly painful time, and maybe we still feel sad. I mean, I lost my father when I was seven. I still feel sad about that. But I've also learned that I've learned from that. I've learned to have a relationship with death that that at a very young age that felt that has helped me through my life. So there have been there are gifts in the wound, and we can begin to see our wounds in a less one-sided way. And wounds also develop compassion. If we've experienced um, wounding as a child, we can be very compassionate when we see other people experiencing wounding. So we learn from our wounds as as well as from our gifts. And the heart chakra is, is when we become conscious of these things. In the Buddhist tradition, there are four aspects of the heart chakra and i think that's it's a really useful way of looking at the heart chakra they talk about um compassion which i've just sort of mentioned in terms of looking at our woundedness um but it has to also we also have to have sympathetic joy where we share in the uh, compassion is where we feel the, the sadness of other people and other parts of life and sympathetic joy is where we share the joy of others when somebody's had a very good experience we share it we don't feel jealous we enjoy other people's happiness and and then the other quality is loving kindness we treat we treat the planet we treat life we treat the world with loving kindness and we treat ourselves and we treat each other with loving kindness that's our default position in our actions and then the the other one is equanimity and that's accepting that Rumi put it so well accepting whatever come whatever comes to the door welcome whatever guest arrives at the door so the guest I had An extraordinary thing this morning I went for a walk as I do every day there's there's a very small nature reserve near me and it's absolutely a gift and I go out there and there were some beautiful wildflowers that had just appeared and my heart just expanded I was so happy and loving these wildflowers and then I saw my neighbor and he looked very sad and his cat had just been run over and I know oh. this cat. I've stroked this cat many times, and I was so sad. And I, you know, and I, I after he left, I cried. I and I thought this is how life is. There are these great gifts and these wounds, and we need to learn a kind of equanimity around that. This is the nature of life. We're emotional beings, but it's all part of this richness of life that the, these things happen.
2: Right well, no, I I think that's important you know it's equanimity is not indifference you know I think some people feel like they've got to be detached from everything equanimity is is feeling what you feel but staying centered within that and uh, thank you though for bringing out the fact that it is in our woundedness that we we often uh, you know go deeper with our compassion because that that is so important you lost your dad at seven I, I lost my sister at seven and and uh, right. work through many of the some, i'm sure some of the same uh, yeah. you know stages of grief that you, that one works with when you lose somebody oh. in the family like that um so yes we we are wounded healers in that sense but the the essence when, when we've reached that stage the unwoundedness is this idea that i've come through right and and now i i have reached a level that um is victorious if you like you know in a very gentle uh, humble way a bit like jesus christ you know reached that level of compassion um you know that, yeah. that nothing could, nothing could uh get to him anymore <laughs> in the sense that uh you know that's 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 the, what the what we're called to do i love i love the all this talk about the the heart chakra and um it, the nature of it, and and psychologically, of course, it's to do with healing, isn't it? Um, Charles Dolmord yes. said it was the yes. the great binder, the the the, the, the healer of uh, the binder, knitter up of wounds, right?
1: Yes, that's right. And and just healing through that compassion and through that love and that equanimity the the, or the, the, the equanimity and the compassion need to balance each other, don't they? The, those they fit with my solar and lunar channels that i write about in the book the the right that's that's something we need to mention
2: because yeah please go ahead
1: yeah the the solar channel is traditionally traditionally masculine uh because it's the independent um aspirational uh, you know autonomous self and the lunar channel is the relational, empathic, connected self. And it's so important that these two sides of ourselves are balanced in the, in the um, central channel of the chakras, which is Sushumna, but that we have a, a, a channel running up the right side of our bodies, which is that individual, and that would be where we could develop equanimity. But then the lunar channel running up the left would be where we develop our compassion, and they need to be balanced with each other. And and with the throat chakra, for example, we need to be able to speak our truth, we need to be able to express ourselves, we also need to be able to listen. We need to be a good listener and a good speaker. So there's the solar aspect of the throat chakra and the lunar aspect of the throat chakra. And it
2: links and links in with the right, our, right and left. Yeah, the, parts the, of the, brain
1: the eye the chakra. Right. Um this is where the, all this research in the left and right brains right. Uh, it, it is so important because we now know that these two brains are, need to be in balance with each other. The left brain rules the right side of the body, and the right brain rules the left side. So the left brain is linked to the solar channel, where we have logical, um, concise, scientific thinking, and the and and it. And we can be very competitive in our thinking and aspirational. The right brain is where we are empathic, relational. We bring into account all the other things that are going on. We're not quite so finely tuned into one little area of, of expertise, which is more solar channel. So the left and right brains fit into this solar, lunar, traditionally masculine, feminine thing, too.
2: And we see it in Taoism as well with yin and yang. Uh, yes, you know, definitely. We see it again so, in
1: the yeah, Tree of Light, right, so
2: masculine and, yeah. and feminine aspects. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah,
1: in so, the okay, chakras, so it, there's that, there's that masculine-feminine at that horizontal level, working its way through the chakras. I mean, right down in the child chakra, you can have the solar rebellious child as transaction analysis calls it and the, the lunar these are exaggerated expressions the lunar over-adapted child too good and and too naughty <laughs> you know you get the solar lunar expressions there but also right. with the kundalini you have the um the god shiva is the formless energy and the god shakti who descends to the to the base chakra shakti kundalini she's the feminine goddess of manifesting so there's a masculine feminine um connection there and the, the 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 myth the story the hindu tradition says the shakti longs to reunite with shiva so that's the drive of kundalini to tra- travel up the spine and connect with sh- with shiva in the crown chakra and have this non dual experience where the manifest universe becomes one with the formless universe
2: and we see these images too in in uh, esoteric uh, hinduism and in tibetan buddhism tantric buddhism you know where you you have these interlocking forces of the male and female you know often in a yes. sexual pose right and some people yeah. think, "Oh my goodness, the, you know, this is encouraging, uh, you know, weird sex or something." But really, it's it's not. It's representing the integration, right, of these great forces, and each of us.
1: right, in each of us.
2: Yeah. And uh, and and so a lot of people misunderstand that, uh, you know, and and um, see it as something less than instead of something wonderful and and uh, life enhancing. It, you know, mm-hmm. in 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 another Hindu system, you got the Purusha and the Prakriti, which is similar to Shiva-Shakti. You know, the the undifferentiated essence of of uh, of Shiva, and and then the um, the the energy form, the 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 sort of material universe, if you like. But they yeah. they ray re- rest in each other again, don't they? Like like the Native American, you know, Father Sky. And Mother Earth, right? They, exactly. They are part and parcel. Exactly. Yeah.
1: It's, it's yeah. so wonderful that these systems are everywhere. It's, you know, you think, gosh, it must be true, because all these different um, spiritual systems are experiencing such a similar thing, aren't they?
2: That's what I love about I've just written a book about it, actually. It's called uh, Unity in World Religions, coming out in the fall. And, uh, oh, wonderful. I know, Wonderful. Yeah, you know the commonalities between various religions. So th- this is right up my street. Yeah, I love this in, stuff. In the,
1: in the, in line with the perennial philosophy.
2: Exactly. Philosophy. I talk about the perennial yeah. philosophy a lot in it. Yeah, and the what I call the golden thread. You know, that that threads its way through. Oh, I'll
1: have to look for all that. All
2: religions. Yeah, yeah. Um, so look, looking at the psychic level of of the heart chakra, um, we're talking about. Um, in your charts here in the book, you know, it's talking about healing the loss, uh, the loss of boundaries. Um, cre- but it's creating healthy boundaries, right? Just because we're loving doesn't mean we're going to be trampled on. You know, I think uh, tough love is a different thing to squishy love, right?
1: Yes. Um, I, I think I mean, the way I think about this with the heart chakra, I do feel that with the heart chakra, our um, our boundaries do melt, and you get situations where people who've been married for many many years start to look rather like each other if they've had a happy relationship, or people start to look like their dogs or their cats. It's there's this extraordinary <laughs> yeah. sense of people growing together with with a lot if there's a lot of love between them, and so I think I mean my feeling is that we we need as well as the heart chakra we are we do need the um clarity of the eye chakra so we can look clearly at things and we do need the sensible thinking the practical thinking of the solar plexus chakra which uh, I see a servant of spirit at the spiritual level the solar plexus chakra is is the part of us that organises our lives so that we operate at our spiritual best. So it's the practical organiser. And there are times when things can happen that can make you very angry. You see somebody hitting a child. There's good reason to feel very angry about that. You might, it's important to direct the anger at the behaviour rather than at the actual total Ultimate individual, if you see what I mean, but I th- there are times, as with Jesus in the temple, where I mean he, he, Jesus was t- turning over the tables of the bankers. Basically, we take, we call them the money changers, but they're the they were the bankers at the temple, and we sometimes think it would be a good idea if we turned over the tables of the bankers. Sometimes, being angry about an, an a spiritual injustice is valid and the heart chakra will accept that. But I think the thinking comes from the eye chakra and the third chakra.
2: Yes. And I, lo- and I love the, the fact that they, they mutually support each other, right? Um, yes. This is where it gets endlessly fascinating. I think, you know, I think the, for instance, the solar plexus chakra in, in unity, you would see that as, as the place of order, you know, a, a lot of what goes on in the body uh that the autonomic nervous system is based around the solar plexus isn't it and it's also the the, you know the place where we we do uh you know take care of business if you like and i I love what it's called in the in sanskrit it's manapura which means the the city of jewels um you know that's that's wonderful isn't it what a great name for that place of order you know it's sparkling it's a sparkling place of possibility
1: yes yes and and especially when you think that it's dominant in teenage years you know you see these young people and they are a sparkling jewel aren't they and and there there we and if we're many gifted it's a city of jewels we have many many gifts and if we're not destroying ourselves through our woundedness all those gifts will sparkle and we need to be able to use our gifts yes
2: The sad thing is when we're young is that we don't realize the jewels that we are. You know, we're always wanting something else so we feel unsatisfied or whatever. If we could just see ourselves from an older person's perspective, we'd realize how magnificent uh, we were. It took me a long time to stop you know rehearsing my life and <laughs> and eventually yeah. saying hey wait a minute this is the real thing i don't need to be rehearsing anymore
0: yeah uh, waiting yeah. But, waiting for it also, all to fall into yeah, place yeah i
1: think in our education system we need to be teaching self esteem it should be central yes. to teaching young people so that they don't beat themselves up too much and and live in the rehearsal rather than in the real thing yeah
2: yes yeah, very, and we're getting close to the end of the show I can't believe we've already gone through an hour, we obviously men, need many many more hours here um, with Glenn yes, it's to
1: this mm.
2: fascinating book, let me tell you about next week's show and that will leave us a minute or so to a- add some concluding remarks from from Glenn about uh, things we haven't touched today that she thinks are important, next week uh, Emily Three joins me and she's going to discuss how to love and live our way through grief and how to reclaim and activate joy and caring in the face of loss. And it's the first of a couple of shows I'm doing on grief this uh, coming month. So join us then. Um, But now just for the last couple of weeks, what what haven't we covered today you think is important for our listeners to know about?
1: Well, one area of the book that I haven't talked about is the cultural side of it. And um, so, I mean, you could say one of the the things about the sacral chakra is where we belong to the family and then we belong to the school we go to and and then we belong to the country we live in and so on. And so tribal consciousness is linked to sacral chakra. Football matches are are great ways to enjoy your tribal consciousness.
0: And we've
1: got to be careful that that tribal consciousness doesn't become a dangerous, violent tribal consciousness. But if we were conscious about it and could work with the positive sides of these, um, what I perhaps should should finish with is how each of the chakras could help us deal with problems of climate change. So if we own our inner animal, if more people recognise that we're animals on this planet, I think we can take better care of the Earth. We'll have to have um, you um,
2: yeah. back, sorry we're at, we're at the end of our show. Oh, Thank okay. you so much, okay. and thanks for listening, folks.
1: You're welcome. Yeah.
2: Bye-bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.